Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. What a wonderful opportunity and a little bit of a hypocritical opportunity for me, I believe, as well, to introduce this wonderful next guest, personal chef, Chef Monica Mannion. And I say hypocritical because as we're talking about Cinco de Mayo and the celebration of Cinco de Mayo, which is really an American holiday exploited. It, I mean, it has, you know, Mexican and Hispanic roots but it's been exploited by American marketing to create, uh, you know, a, a buzz. We're interviewing an honor to interview such an incredible chef who it, legacy and, and drive is to teach what true Mexican food from all the different regions is not just Tex-Mex or California, Mexican or whatever these, these, you know, language do we use today monica welcome to food farms and chefs such an honor to speak with you hello it's an honor for me to be here uh, especially talking about mexican food which you know it's my food from my country so thank you for having me over your legacy or your your mission really is to teach that you you want people to learn what true Mexican food is from all the different regions. And, and it's, it is a complex cuisine. Um, you know, did you grow up naturally, you know, just exploring food and trying food from different regions? Tell us a little bit about your early days in cooking. Yes. So I come from a family that loved to cook. My mom was a great cook. My grandmother was a good cook. So I grew up uh, eating amazing food, me- Mexican traditional food. And I just remember that, you know, being in the kitchen with them when they were gossiping and the men were outside. And so we were always in the kitchen. Um, I was not into cooking when I was, you know, a teenager, but my mom made sure that I learned the basics of what she was doing. And my ma- my mom had a cancer for a long time. And I think before she knew that, you know, she she was probably going to die. So she wanted to pass on me and my sister all the recipes that, you know, that she used to make. And I think that um, I, after I married, I discovered that I wanted to be closer to my mom and the recipes were exactly what I needed to feel, you know, close to her. So that's that was my encounter with Mexican um, cuisine, let's say like that. So closer to, I, I was just wanted to be close to my mom. Well, you have a, a very interesting background too. And one part of it is just so unique. So you were born in Mexico City, but when you decided to get some education in culinary, you went to the Cambridge Cookery School in the UK. Yeah. Uh, what, what took you there? What you know, why of all places the Cambridge Cookery School in the UK? 
Well, to be honest, I mean, I met an American, um, uh, Irish American from here, from Philly, and he was working already in Mexico. So we met through work, you know, through a, a company and um, he was being sent to Mexico, but he was starting to have an expat life. So we married and we moved first to Argentina, which um, I was 23 years old, really young. But that's when I started really to miss every ingredient that we have in Mexico. Everybody thinks that from Mexico to the South, we all eat the same and it's a completely different story. So in Argentina, they don't even know what a jalapeno or a serrano pepper, they don't eat it spicy. So I, I just wanted to feel close to Mexico and I couldn't find the ingredients. So that's when I became very, very um, like a passionate about what can I do? How, how can I recreate Mexican food in another country? So we moved to Argentina. Um, then we came here to Philly as expats. I had two kids here. Um, then we moved to South Africa. <laughs> I live in South Africa and I met a chef. Um, and she, I was cooking with her a lot. Uh, we had a group of expats cooking, 12 women from different countries cooking. And then she told me, you know, you have something in you. You have to go to culinary school. You are amazing. You can, you can do so many things now. You should go. So then we moved to England. And we, we moved to England and my kids were already a little bit, you know, independent. So they were at school pretty much all day. And that's when I said, I need to go to, I, I need to join the culinary school. And I used to live between London and Cambridge in a small town. Um, so Cambridge was the closest to me instead of going to London. So I found this little school and it was the best thing of my life because um, I didn't go for Mexican uh, culinary school, but then I was able to have classes with so many chefs around the world. So that was the best school for me. And and you learned the great techniques that are universal with every food, you know, nice skills and, and cooking techniques and true techniques are, you know, universal. And as you talk about ingredients and finding great ingredients, and I think you probably know where I'm going with this in another country. Your kind of next journey took you to someplace very unexpected for great Mexican cuisine, and that would be Shanghai. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience and what cooking for a uh, Mexican diplomat in Shanghai was like. Yeah. So after England, after um, I finished um, culinary school, actually, we were sent to China, Shanghai, which was a big, big surprise for me. Um, I was a little bit scared because it was the only country that I couldn't understand the language. And it was just wow. Like it was so uh, different from any other country. But surprisingly, they do eat spicy and I could find a lot of like the dry chilies we use in Mexico. So uh, it was like, and of course, you know, now with the internet and everything, I was able to order some food so I could uh, recreate um, Mexican dishes. Um, and then I met the consul, Mexican consul's wife and we, and she really liked my classes. I was teaching at that time in China. Um, I had a very successful career in China. I was on TV um, on an expert show. Um, I was writing for magazines and, and I was teaching. And then she heard about me and she invited me to cook for their, um, for their private events. And so I was in heaven. I, I actually love, love to be able to show other people about Mexican contemporary um, uh, food. So that's how everything started for me, um, creating what I wanted to show um, other um, people that we don't only have the Mexican traditional, but we also have a contemporary going on. 
contemporary style going on. You became, and you talked a little bit about your writing and, and your classes and all. You also, um, early on, kind of got involved in a little bit of the TikTok sensation and social media sensation. And that really, of all chefs I know, took you in particular, TikTok, to that whole next level. Uh, as someone who doesn't even understand the platform, tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, when I came here um, to Philly, um, I wanted to just to find a job. So I looked for culinary schools and I found one um, in Center City. And then when I started cooking in there and teaching, which I was in heaven, COVID came. <laughs> and so everything went down, restaurant, culinary schools and everything. So I lost my job, the, the little school closed. And so I kind of needed to invent myself again. So I did have an Instagram, which was small because I wanted to keep it bilingual. And it is very difficult to keep a, a bilingual uh, Instagram. So I didn't have a lot of followers, to be honest, but I wanted to keep it that way because I have I work here. So I wanted to kind of give the best in both languages. And then my daughter, which she was already um, kind of a small influencer not small actually a big influencer she pushed me to do tiktok and i was like no i don't want to do tiktok they dance and they scream and they sing and it's just for young people i don't want to be there and she told me let's do one video mom just one video and see what happens and we did and in a week, I think it had like a hundred thousand views. And then we did another one, and then it got more views and more views. And my first video on TikTok has over four, uh, 40 million views, and and we have two point seven million now followers, which I never ever expected. But you know, it was a big surprise. But now um, I am uh, very very into um, social media and and all the the. Um, monetizing you can do and it's just actually really good oh i'm sorry something i i have an alarm going on there you go <laughs> sorry oh there you go <laughs> one of the things that really strikes me with you um and doing a little bit of research is that you know while you love to teach the classics and also the contemporary style of Mexican cuisine, you adapt it so well to, you know, what other people, you know, of the same generation struggle with is that whole new social media and you just embraced it and ran with it and did so well with it. Um, and now a lot of your classes continue to be online. You do a lot of cooking classes online. It, appears to me too that one of the things that you have a passion for just looking at some of your classes is to teach you know the heart and soul of the kitchen is the baking and breads and muffins and things like that is that something you always loved or is that kind of a new dimension for you well, to be honest, uh, one thing was like once I was um, started being uh, very big on, on TikTok, you realize your followers are all over the world. So that opened the door for me to have these online classes because a lot of my followers wanted to take classes with me, but they don't live here in the States. So that opened the door for me 
to actually reach people everywhere. And I am in heaven. You know, I love to be able to have people. Uh, I know they're not here in person, but we, I open the cameras and the microphones and we they, they get to know me more. And one of the things that I always was passionate about was baking. Um, you know, Mexico has a, a very, a very big variety of, of sweet breads. Uh, it's a very important part of our food, the sweet bread. And so I had an amazing teacher in culinary school from Italy. Um, and she just got me into what can your hands do and whatever your hands touch that, that they can become magic and, you know, like magical hands. And then you can just prepare beautiful food and bread. So um, I think that the magic of doing your home, like homemade bread, um, it just gives you everything, gives you also kind of a, it's like a meditation for me to do bread. So I think that teaching that to people, I encourage people to just, just to do home thing, uh, homemade things. So that's where my, that's my intention to inspire people to do that. Well, I would so agree as, as a person who loves to make bread and make things like that, I understand that. And, you know, right now I am overwhelmed as a culinary instructor to something I've done my entire life. When I watch you take, talk about food, you <laughs> just light up. It's a, it's a really wonderful thing to see. Um, and I hope our, you know, listeners and on YouTube and all really just see this and, and this is what food can do for a person. Uh, you know, I, I could go on and on and on, but you know, some of your recent things like, you recently did an Amherst flour muffin online and I was so taken like, Oh, I want to learn how to do that. That's great. You know, um, we share a, you know, a common friend in Audrey Claire. Um, and I was doing a little research and I found a menu that you did there, you know, a menu based on passion and love. And I, I want to highlight a couple of the dishes you did. And I, I'm not going to attempt to do that in Spanish, but, you know, a chicken in a rose petal sauce. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's a unique ingredient. I mean, people know, you know, rose water, uh, you know, which is probably rare to some people. But, you know, what a great dish. What what region? Where's Where did that come from? Well, that is a very, um, you know, I don't know if you watch the movie, like chocolate, like water, like yes, chocolate yes. water. So that is the main recipe. And uh, yeah. my followers, um, because in TikTok, you don't see my face. You just listen to my voice. And when I actually uh, opened TikTok, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to, I didn't want to take the attention of the recipe showing my face or music. I wanted the recipe to be the center, the, the, the main character. So I put voice into my recipe. So everybody says that I have the same voice of the actress that is in that movie. So the main comment everybody puts in there is like, oh my God, your voice it's exactly like her. So for um, for Valentine's, um, I just was inspired inspired to do her recipe. So that is um, the recipe of the movie, and people loved it. And actually, it's a delicious, delicious recipe. So uh, remember, like every every recipe you see on my TikTok is on my Instagram in English. So you will see both recipes it's in English and Spanish uh, on my on my Instagram. So. If you really like one of the recipes on TikTok, go to my Instagram and you will find the recipe there. Well, one of the dishes from that menu that caught me was, again, going back to your, you know, 
you're baking was an orange lemon cake with nada. And if people don't know what nada is, it, it is a it's a sauce or a you know what you get when you boil raw milk, but it takes on its own flavor a little bit. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, in Mexico, it's very, very uh, common to have nata, which is like clotted cream. You know, like in England, they call it uh, clotted cream, which is very thick and beautiful. So you need raw milk and then boil it for a long time. And then when you turn it off and let it to rest to come to room temperature, you get this thick cream on top. So you just take it off. And that is like a like sweet butter. It's absolutely delicious. So it is expensive, but it's very common in Mexico. And it's like clotted cream. It gives you this um, softness in a bread and it's, it's just moist and it's, it's gorgeous. That recipe is really nice. And then the soup you did for that particular dinner. So I, and I, I understand people have the genetic sensitivity to cilantro, but I'm blessed. I don't have that. I love cilantro. It's one of my favorite things. You did a cream of cilantro soup and like people who make a garlic soup, you know, it, it, at first it's like, Ooh, that's going to be too much. But I sense it had to be so rich and so delicious. It is really cilantro once you find a taste for it. Uh, people don't like some people don't like it. They they think they uh, it's it tastes like soap. Some people say that. Um, I've never had that problem, thank God. But you can always use you know parsley if you don't really like the cilantro. But it's a very soft uh, soft flavor. It's not that uh, intense as you will think. So as we're out of time, please tell our listeners where they can find out more information about your classes, your TikTok, and where we can get more about you in general. Okay, so on Instagram, you can find me as Chef Monica Mannion, Mannion with double N. Uh, what My website is the same, www.chefmonicamannion.com. On TikTok, the same name, Chef Monica Mannion. And um, then you you will find everything. Is by, All my recipes are bilingual on, on Instagram. And I, and, and I actually put on Instagram a little bit more of my life, you know, what I do, or I um, do show what I have for breakfast or a little bit of what I... Um, where I do personally. So if you want to get to know me, just follow my Instagram. Thank you so much, Monica. It has been a great pleasure. Uh, You know, I hope our paths cross one day and I actually get to try some of your food. Thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. I would love to. Thank you so much, guys, for having me and have a wonderful week. You too. Bye. Thank you so much. And we will be right back after the short break. Join us on Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-hosts Jean Blum and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. I have the wonderful and esteemed pleasure of introducing Chef Carlos Raba, who is the co-founder and co-owner of Clavel. (laughs) Now I'm going to mispronounce it. Clavel um, Mezcaleria, which is in Maryland. So welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you for having me, and thank you for inviting me. Yes, we are in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, so how did you, cause both, 
both you and your wife um, are, you know, integrated into creating the. the not my off- wife. Yeah. Oh, not Lady, your wife. Uh, yeah. No, I'm my business partner. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I believe that she has some sort of hand in in the cocktails. If I if I. Recall oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The create. Yep. The, the whole bar program. I mean, she she comes from the background of, of a bar. So she has a couple of bars uh, right across from Clavel, which WC Harlan, which is uh, very popular. Also Fat and Son, and, which is another one. And, and I think the, uh, the wine shop uh, yeah. as well, too. So, so yeah, so she, she carried that side of the restaurant and I'm more into the kitchen side and on the, on the running the, the, the restaurant. Yeah. So I did a little bit of his digging and um, history on you. So first off, I want to congratulate uh, both of you on being nominated for James Beer Awards. Um, Thank you. Just being nominated is an award in itself. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, but getting pulling away from that excitement, um, how did you get started in this business? Well, uh, thank you again. Uh, but I started as, um, I guess, a passion for cooking. Um, I come from a family that it was uh, very Mexican. So we used to get together and uh, do huge uh, uh, family meals. Um, I grew up with five sisters and uh, they all work. I have uncles that work and we work in a, uh, we live together on a compound. And you always, I always saw cookings getting together, my uncles on a restaurant. So uh, I grew up on, on that environment. Uh, after I immigrated to, to the United States when I was 16, back in 2000, I worked for Whole Foods many years, seven years, and I worked for a stop and shop at Whole USA many years. Um, I did fish, meats, um, cheese with Whole Foods. And, and I always had uh, the, the, the joy of food and working with food. And, and when uh, stuff started to change and, and, the restaurant industry, not only in the restaurant industry, but more into the grocery store industry that I wasn't enjoying it. Um, my wife was pregnant and uh, Lane Harlan came up to me. She was like, hey, we should we should open a restaurant. Your background is in food. I have eaten the, the food of your family. I love it. Uh, what do you say? So I was like, okay. So I took my wife uh, and my four month old baby and I moved to the top of Clavel uh, in uh, 2016. So that's how it started uh, the whole uh, saga of Clavel and, and, and being the executive chef here. Now, obviously, we're in the realm of Cinco de Mayo, which is a celebration of freedom in Mexico. Um, but like, as oh. we move forward into that, like, I want to celebrate like just food in general. Um, of you course, know, and and your food in particular. You you, I read. Um, the way that you prepare your foods is a traditional Sinaloan. Um, oh, yeah, and, and it's, and it's um, like I say, the cuisine that we cook, yes, I do have ceviches. And my tastes come from uh, Sinaloa, from Culiacan, Sinaloa. That's my background from. That's where I learned uh, how to taste. That's where I learned my senses to taste uh, ceviches and, and to cook them and make them. Well, not cooking them, but making them. Uh, and And... The meats that we make in Clavel uh, is just a clash of, of, of the south, uh, the the north of Mexico, because you have from Cochinita Pibil to Barbacoas to Lengua and Salsa Verde. Uh, I have fish tacos that are really baja uh, from the coast of the Pacific coast of Mexico. So uh, it's a little clash of everything because um, uh, 
Mexican culture and 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 is very diverse on 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 its flavors from the south to the north. So it's a lot of change into flavors there. And I yeah, and I saw like at your menu, you have a lot of freshness, like because it it does throw back to your your roots, which you're on the coast. It has a lot of fish, a lot of shrimp, like you said. Um, and you know you do have, of course, the the meats where you have the bar- barbacoa um and and whatnot that with the flavorfulness of you know spice because i feel like cuisines that are from latin latin based cuisines usually have a lot of flavor um and 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 to the point yeah and to the point that we were that we were just touching like when you talk about cinco de mayo uh uh, the revolution of mexico was on the 16th of september okay so cinco de mayo and the revolution doesn't have nothing to do with it we won our freedom on the 16th of september uh, Cinco de Mayo is based on a batalla, uh, with a battle of, um, of, uh, La Batalla de Puebla, which happened because, uh, Mexico was on debt with, uh, many, uh, foreign countries, uh, due to past wars in Mexico. Uh, the main ones was Spain, Britain, and, um, and France. And, uh, Benito Juarez, he was the first, uh, president elected. I'm not a historian. Okay. I'm a taco maker, but this is how I learned. <laughs> so, so he stopped paying the debt. He was like, you know what? This is now we're not under the power of France. We're not under the power of Spain. And I was, I want to stop paying, uh, foreign countries. And, uh, because we are independent now, uh, Spain, uh, Britain and, um, and France sent troops because they stopped payments. So that's when it came, uh, Spain said no. They talked and Spain, Went away, uh, was the name the British went away, but uh, French stay, and that's when they invaded Puebla, and that's when the Batalla de Puebla happened, which was Cinco de Mayo from 1862, I believe. So, so that's how the Batalla de Puebla started. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I have to say that I'm an ignorant white person that is. <laughs> that just no, 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 but it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's just education. It's not uh, because you don't know some things. The lack of knowledge is not ignorance. You know what I'm saying? So that's well, why. No, no, no. That's up. actually the definition of ignorance is like the lack oh. of knowledge. So that's yeah. why I, I was correctly. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Because I'm sure that our listeners probably, you know, there's some of our listeners out there that needed that, to have that history as well. But let's circle back to celebrating you celebrating your restaurants, um, because I believe you also have another one that is either open or slated to open soon. So, yeah, um, I have a, a project called Nana, which uh, also is uh, probably a, 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 a memory of my cooking and my uprising with little taquerias. Um, uh, I'm really passionate because most of the time um, I base my cooking on something that I remember or something that made me happy so I can translate into the plate and I can translate into the person that is eating it. Because my biggest joy is seeing people eating the food that we prepare in Clavel because the effort the, the kitchen puts into it, the servers and anybody that works around it. Uh, put the effort to serve it and have a smile on your face that you're eating the taco. So the same thing happened with Nana. Nana is something that my, when I was very young, uh, my mom was a writer and uh, she used to work late nights. And my grandmother used to take me to taquerias, like a little taqueria, a uh, small seater outside waiting for my mom to get off the newspaper. It was very late. So she used to take me to 10 seaters with a taquero, carne asada, uh, simple stuff. So that's the next project that I'm working that is based in, in Norteño, Norte, uh, food from the Norte as well. Um, now, do you have, because I know that it, you're, that Nana got pushed back for the opening. Now, do you have a, sleety, a date yes, that so, set for that? 
You, we if we look into July August it will be open. So um, I mean we got to take on consideration that we took a building that is from the 1920s. Uh, so it's going to have their delays. So it's a it's a beauty and to bring in a space that it was abandoned and also that it was uh, abused uh, to bring it back to the to the beauty of where it was back in the day. So I have worked very hard to to do that. So so yeah, that's an important part of it too. Yeah. And I'm excited for you for that. But what I'm also excited to talk about is some of the menu items outside of um, that, outside of what you're going to offer there, some of the menu items that you currently offer at um, at your restaurant at Clavel. So in Clavel, we focus a lot on the slow cook and the braising of meats. Okay. We, uh, we butcher our lamb. Uh, we have a lamb that we marinate with coffee and Negra Modelo, and then we cook it with Mexican spices the next day on a huge pot that it takes probably a hundred quarts. And it sits there for about six hours. And also we have a cochinita pibil. Uh, cochinita pibil is very dear to, to my family because my grandfather was from Yucatan and uh, he had a, a non-sister that taught my grandmother how to cook cochinita. And then my grandmother taught all my aunts, okay, and they all made it. So we make cochinita, we have barbacoas, we have uh, a recipe that goes back to one of my aunts as well too, uh, tortillas de harina, um, nixtamal, we have a huge uh, nixtamal process in, in Clavel. We uh, we team up with a, with a, with a region of, of, sorry, we team up with a, a team in Oaxaca that is bringing local corn to us. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just a one and two transaction that we know where the money is going from. Um, and uh, we get it of every two to three weeks and we do about 200 kilos of masa a week. So it's a wow. lot of, a lot of nixtamal. Yeah. We do around 6,000 to 7,000 tortillas a week uh, right now. So it's a, it's a huge process and, and not only, uh, it's challenged to do the amounts of food, but to keep the quality and the, and the consistency together. Also, the people happy. The more food you make doesn't mean the more money you make, but it does mean the more the, the higher, the more team you have around you, and the more control you have to have to keep the the quality going on and and and, and your um, commitment to what you want to do. Because as you get bigger, it's harder to do. Yeah, and in I mean. I'm sure that you're going to continue to grow because you, I just looking at your food is fantastic. But if you are somebody who is 21 and older and choose to imbibe um, in drinking, you also have a cocktail menu that is just exquisite. Like I was looking, I was looking through, you know, what your ingredients are and like, I'm glad to know that you have cocktail or sorry, tequila tasting mezcal tasting, tasting flights. Um, I corrected myself um, because you, that's something that you guys specialize in. Obviously you bringing different mezcals with different like availabilities on how they actually ferment and, and whatnot. So I found, I found that very interesting as well, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, and that, that goes with the same, with the same message of, of the commitment. I mean, the commitment with Dre, Andre, the Dre and the, the bar director to mezcal and his passion for it. It has shown over the years, uh, not only with, with, with the cocktail that they put in the team, uh, the involvement of Lane and the, I will say, organic uh, uh, team that they have on the bar, uh, they all get together to do beautiful menus, like twice a year. So it has to do a lot with that, the passion that they have for, for the mezcal, uh, the curiosity to know about culture too, that they, they, they want to take trips with us to Mexico. It's not easy to make a decision to go, oh yeah, I'm going to go to Mexico with you guys and for three, four days, but they 
take that and they want they're willing to learn to come here and educate people about uh, mezcal, about Mexican culture, and, and bring a little bit of the enjoyment, which is the whole purpose of the restaurant, to bring a little bit of your culture to a city that did not have it. So that's what Clavel has done for the past seven years. Which is wonderful. And, and, and also, I mean, because that kind of rolls into something else that you do, which is you give back to the community in a variety of well, ways, including, I do know that you also own um, uh, the Guardian Baltimore, which is yeah. jiu-jitsu. 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 Thank you. Yeah, so so yeah, Guardian, so we have right next to Clavel, uh, I got myself involved into uh, opening a gym with one of my good friends, Ben Kovacs, which is Guardian Baltimore, that provides a, a, a safe environment and uh, free jiu-jitsu kids from 6 to 17. We provide to them uh, uh, geese, which is the uniform, uh, and uh, five, six days a week classes right now for all kids. So it's a, it's a need on our city of uh, extracurriculum activities for kids because our schools uh, and public schools don't have that. So as a community member, I, I, I feel the responsibility to build a stronger community because I have my business here. So I get tried to get involved, Clavel too, we feed them burritos uh, when they do good. Uh, so it's, it's just a, the whole sense of, of being a part of the, the community and the environment to create a good environment for the people around. We have yoga classes that some of my uh, uh, team members here in Clavel go and, and they can go before a shift and relax and then come and do a hard nine, 10 hour shift to Clavel. So that's all building a good environment, not only for myself, but for the people that surround the restaurant and, and the organization. Um, now I'm going to throw back to the restaurant itself um, because you've also raised different funds and whatnot through um, giving back to hospital heroes and to mm-hmm. um, I believe uh it was Shriners yeah. Hospital, and um, you've given back to so many different community <laughs> community um, organizations through monies that you raised via like your restaurant, like yeah. including. I believe that's, you had that's have something a- that I, yeah, Lane keeps a, a huge list of 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 places that she wants. So she has a goal of stuff that she wants to do and donate. I do Guardian, but. The whole nonprofit and helping from from Clavel is Lane having a uh, a schedule of organizations that she wants to hit and organizations that are meaningful to her and meaningful to the people working on the restaurant too. So we have a passion of helping that too. So we do a lot. Probably we do multiple ones a, a year, uh, and it goes through a really really careful review by Lane. And then if we want to do it, yes. And, and they they've been beautiful. We've been doing happy hours for for many times for those uh, for those. They do one for. Uh, the Montessori school, which my kid goes, we do it once a year. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's, it's pretty cool. It's being able to do that for for the city. It is, and 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 it's special, very special for you to in, to to do that and to be involved, so involved in your community in a variety of ways. But let's circle back to celebrating you, celebrating um, Cinco de Mayo, and celebrating you know just your restaurant in general, because obviously that's, you know, why, why you want to, to join us on food farms and chefs. So do you have any kind of um, specials that you are offering this week? So uh, we have something very special happening, happening on Wednesday. So we have our first uh, pop-up with uh, uh, Dave Thomas and Tanya Thomas, and we're going to celebrate uh, Afro-Mexican cuisine of uh, the high influence of Afros 
in uh, Mexico. So that's going to be huge. Um, we're going to have that on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Uh, we, uh, Chef Dave, braised a beautiful lamb, whole lamb that we had, and he braised it uh, uh, with um, African spices. Uh, also, we're going to have a special some drinks. Uh, so Wednesday is very special, which is uh, the third. But then it's going to lead to your weekend, which is on Friday. Uh, Friday, we're going to be open regular hours, and we're going to be providing the same and beautiful food and same service to everybody that comes. Uh, we don't take reservations, so uh, uh, make sure to 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 come in early because we are uh, very happy to to no, not ce- we're not celebrating uh, a Cinco de Mayo because we we don't take it as a huge celebration in Clavel, but we do embrace people coming and celebrating our culture and celebrating the space. All right, and where can you know we rounded up like just perfectly? So where can people find you online and in person? Uh, so on Instagram is uh, Joe underscore Soy underscore Vivido. That was my name nickname when I was little Broncoveto. So sorry. Uh, uh, they can come to uh, Clavella Minutes Two Twenty Five West Twenty Third. Uh, they can go to uh, our Instagram, which is bar underscore. Clavel, uh, they can find Guardian as well at guardianbaltimore.org. Uh, all, it's a five for once in three. All donations are welcome because with donations, we train the kids. Uh, and be looking forward to, to for the announcements of Nana. They should be uh, uh, following the next month. So very excited for that. I'm excited for you. So thank you for joining us on Food Farms. Thank you for having me. Thank All you for right. having me and enjoy your weekend, your weekend and celebrate Cinco. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during drive time radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com or arpolicus at gmail.com. At this time, it's a great pleasure to welcome another guest at our Cinco de Mayo celebration. Uh, Jesus Ray and his brother and his wife have an incredible restaurant in the Morristown, New Jersey area, right on Main Street. It really is just authentic Mexican and uh, Spanish cuisine. Uh, Luna with Soul is uh, the name of the restaurant. It is an absolutely fabulous place, not only to sit in or out, but if you just want to order online and celebrate at home, if we have some great weather, this is what my idea of a celebration this weekend in South Jersey is. Look it up Friday and any day. Luna de Sol. Jesus, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. What a great pleasure to have you. Thank you very much for the invitation. Thank you. So right off the bat, I have to, you know, to say what an amazing, uh, you know, endeavor you have in the fact that you share your business with your brother and your wife. There are not many people who probably could pull that one off. Uh, you know, so congratulations on being, you know, that type of person where, you know, three close family members can work together. That that has to be a hard thing because I know I wouldn't want to work with any of my brothers and <laughs> I'm not sure my wife would be able to work with me. But Right. Yes. No, that's um, actually it's a good thing. We were raised on a family based, uh, you know, when we were kids, we were we were always attached to the families, cousins uh ankles you know everybody so and then this is my older brother 
and we've been working together since we opened Luna Isol. And, um, you know, it's just been good. I mean, it's up and downs once in a while, but overall, it's a great experience. So tell us a little, tell our listeners a little bit about your background in cooking and how you got started and kind of what motivates you and, and what's motivating you to open up Little uh, Miss Hall. Well, uh, I I came to the States when I was 16 years old. Actually, um, my brother, Cuthbert, is the one that brought me here. And my other two brothers, but he's he was like the main one. Um, and then, you know, started working as a busser in Italian restaurants. They, they also, my brothers, uh, cooked in Italian restaurants for many, many years, even now still, you know. But um, so I did, I did it all uh, in the kitchen, in the front house. I was a server. Well, I started as a busser, then a server. Then I, I moved into the kitchen as a dishwasher, prep boy, dessert, appetizer, line cook, and finally cook, you know. So I did uh, mostly Italian food back then. And then we had a chance, my wife and I, we actually saw a little place um, in Morristown. Now it's called Mi Ranchito. That's where we started in 2015. And um, first it was just going to be like a convenience store. But there's a hood and an instructor fan in the kitchen. So we were like, uh, might as well start using it, you know. So we started making like Mexican tortas like sandwiches and tacos, like only a few meats, you know, a couple of meats that we knew. And then it just, the menu just expanded, you know, as soon as we knew I, I needed more help. And then, you know, I got more help and our menu increased. And I, I reached out to my mom to ask for recipes for sauces and, you know, the Mexican food because I started in Italian. So now I have to like, even from, even though that I am from Mexico, I started cooking Italian first, you know, as, as like a new business. Uh, we always ate Mexican at home, you know, but uh, that's how it started. Uh, a couple of years later, we uh, we found this uh, place, Luna Isol, it used to be um, an Italian place also, but they, you know, I guess they their lease was over and we took over that place. We fixed it up a bit, you know, make it more of a Mexican style looking. And that's it, you know, that's how we, we got there now. And, you know, you you built quite a, a great following there with so indoor and outdoor seating, but you also pick up a, a tremendous amount of, you know, takeout, you have a great online ordering business, um, are you doing anything special leading into this week, this, you know, Americanized holiday uh, of, you know, Mexican freedom? Uh, or is there anything special you're doing for this coming Friday? Well, we're just um, just going to get ready on, uh, on with our regular menu. Um, I mean, we, we did make like extra desserts, like we're just stacking up ourselves in the kitchen because we know it's uh, it's going to be a busy weekend. And it's on Friday too, so we need to be double ready, you know. So unfortunately, we we couldn't get to make like additional specials only because uh, you know uh, help is not there right now, you know, like it used to. And in the past, after COVID, kind of it's been kind of hard to get the extra help. So we're just 
going off our basic menu, which is great anyway. You know, it's all authentic, made to the order. And, um, you know, we're just going to stay like that and just do our best on that day, especially. I do feel your pain. Uh, I also am in this industry, so I feel your pain on the help and, and how difficult it is to get people. So, you know, it's a very interesting challenge. But about your food, you know, one of the things that you know, kind of your your logo, your mantra is, is you know, simple, fresh, local. And you do a lot of locally sourced products. You know, you you try to get the absolute freshest ingredients you can do. You're making a lot from scratch. You're keeping, uh, you know, the menu simple but aesthetic. And you're doing, right. you know, a lot, not just the traditional tacos and, and things along those lines, but you're also doing you know, some paellas and, you know, some other types of food that, you know, you, you do a, a great bronzino and, and some other things. Tell us a little bit about the menu. Yes. The, like, like you say, you know, we, uh, with the traditional tacos, any, any place have it, you know, any Mexican place have uh, great tacos or many. Uh, we did try to bring in some, some, some plates, like some, uh, not just tacos, but also some meals, like different meals than any other Mexican restaurant will have. Like, and then that's you know our experience from working in Italian places. You know they do a lot of fish, so we wanted to uh, integrate um, that to our menu, but make it in a Spanish way or Mexican Spanish way. I know paella is Spanish, but you know we do put the al pastor, excuse me, the chorizo meat in it too instead of. Uh, just any sausage, you know. So kind of uh, make it our our own style, paella Mexican style, you know, Luna Sol especially. Also, like you know, the uh, traditional or the um, the most uh, popular dishes like fajitas. So we try to keep it nice and fresh, and um, we season our our meats, you know, appropriate so they can have nice taste. Uh, what else? The um, the Brancino that goes back from the Italian places that we worked in. So we know how to fillet a nice fresh Brancino. We just throw it on the grill and season it to perfection. Add some vegetables and some rice. You know that's that's just how we kind of put everything together in 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 house. I want to put you on the spot here a little bit, and I I don't mean to uh, to do that, but Americans in general have so many misconceptions about Mexican food. You know, um, you know, we all think it's, you know, we, too many Americans think that, uh, you know, Chi-Chi's and Taco Bell represent Mexican food. And, and, you know, there's nothing further from the truth than that. Mexican food is so dynamic and rich. Yeah. Tell our, tell our listeners, if you had, you know, a couple minutes to talk about what Mexican food represents. Um, and I, to me, it represents family. It's, you know, family coming together at the end of a day. Tell our listeners what, you know, what your thought on what true Mexican food is. Well, um, true Mexican food is just being authentic. Um, I know the, the ingredients also make it like make the difference. Uh, 
perhaps uh, in a true Mexican food cooking, there is not that much cheese on or cream on the plate or on the tacos, you know. Uh, we'll go base, with the basics, onions and cilantro, and a fresh squeeze of lime and a nice, uh, fresh, spicy salsa, you know, green or red. And, um, you know, there's tons of ways how to make a salsa. Actually, in Mexico, you, everywhere you go in different states of Mexico, you'll never taste the same food anywhere. You know, it's, they all have their own style of cooking and their ingredients, you know, they make a difference anywhere. So you cannot just copy it. Unfortunately, it's like, like you say, Taco Bell and Chichis and other, other Mexican places, they just like fabrics of food, you know, so there's no authenticity in those. And like with us at Luna Sol, we make everything from scratch. Uh, mama's recipes, uh, like we make our mole sauce, uh, and I got the recipe from my mother, who she, and she got it from her mother, and 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 so forth and so on. So that's that's what uh, makes that's what makes the difference between us and any other chain restaurants. You know, this is like family-oriented recipes, and. Um, Back in back in Mexico when I was growing up, we always gathered like my mom would cook a meal and everybody would eat the same meal, um, you know, at that time. So you pretty much eat what what it was there, and um, that's you know that's how we grew up and we kind of wanted to make that here too, but you have to have variety. So so that's you know that's how we we're here right now. I don't know how else to explain it, but that's that's what I think. What are your biggest selling items on the menu? Bigger sellers are the, actually the street tacos. They're like anybody would come in and just get some tacos, you know. Um, fajitas are very big sellers too. The paella, it's also a big seller. But uh, like like I told you, uh, tacos with the basics, onions and cilantro, fresh squeeze of lime. Everybody goes for it. And and really, the way it should be eaten. Uh, yeah, you are right. So many people, uh, you know, overload Mexican food with cheese and crema and sour cream and things like that, and it's really not there. That's not what it's about. Right. It, you know, it is uh, much simpler. You know, right. To, it's, Yes. Good fresh herbs, good fresh ingredients. Let the flavors of the food, you know, guide you. Um, exactly. <coughs> so I well, really but um, you do have. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's I have I had tacos with lettuce, cheese, and cream, and pico de gallo, and I love them too. It's just the way it's it's you know it's kind of evolved in the, in the American way. You know, everything is uh, kind of gets Americanized, but it's you have to understand the clientele and. You have to adjust to what they like, you know. If I make everybody just see Daniels and Cilantro, some people might not be there, you know. So we do adjust our menus to our clientele and kind of listen to to what they tell us, you know, whether in reviews or just word of mouth and things like that. And we adjust as, as it comes, you know. Now, you also do catering where people can order food in bulk. Um, are you available if somebody wanted to host a party at their house being able to go out and be a chef at their home or do something like that as well yes um usually we'll like people order catering and we just deliver it to them but we do have the 
the oven that's called el trompo you know trompo it's like the thing that spins mm-hmm. um so we do have i do have that oven and i have brought bring it i have bring it out to uh, people's homes and and cook there on site you know and you know which go with the basic the al pastor meat and i'll bring uh, the toppings and and tortillas the tortilla taquera which is the smaller one and we double right. it up so it doesn't break and um you know we just go with the basics and people love it actually it's really good so i have to ask just for a beverage point of view because it is a hard item to find still in many places if i came in to get some mexican food do i have a chance of getting uh mexican coca-cola in your business as well definitely yeah that's our our priority that's my priority to have the mexican coca-cola in place you know i'm always like making sure we we have enough because it it does sell out sometimes once in a while and sometimes the companies (laughs) don't have it you know so i'm like going around shopping yeah so so far it's it's been good actually during covid i think we had some shortage of that you know but uh right now it's been good for our listeners who don't know mexican coca-cola is a unique product all to itself it's made with sugar cane it's just what a great it's what coca-cola probably was at one point in time and it's right. just such a refreshing wonderful uh flavor to itself uh i'm a pepsi guy but i love mexican coca-cola so you know it's really right. unique in that aspect you know yeah I, I even asked when i like before i didn't even pay attention to those details but once when i started in this business and i asked the uh the the, the vendors and uh, what was the difference and they just told me that like i don't know so at the end i like did my own research and there they used like natural sugar and and then i got the you know i went and tasted trying to find the differences and yes it is different it's better uh certainly do you also then, offer horchata yeah we make our own homemade horchata we make uh, um uh, we make the limonada like fresh to the order we make um different flavor waters you know the agua fresca we're making mm-hmm. um with fruits strawberries uh watermelon and especially now that uh weather is changing we're making smoothies with watermelon and papaya and some other fruits that, you know it's the, the list is long so can't really say them all we also have for sodas we have the jarritos which is very popular as well yes yes you know i when i was working in the catering industry one of our cooks in the kitchen used to make watermelon aqua fresca and oh, yeah. i fell in love with it it's one of the most phenomenal things in the world to have so as we're winding yeah. out we're out of time here can you tell our listeners uh where they can find your restaurant where they can find you online where they can uh, reach out to try your amazingly delicious food right well we're in morristown it's uh the address is 61 east main street morristown so it's very easy to find uh you can if you want to google us it's Luna is all Mexican food in Morristown. Um, where else? Uh, I guess, you know, you can find it all in Facebook, Luna is all, Instagram, uh, Luna is all Mexico. Um, uh, I mean, you can always 
make a phone call there. The phone number is 856-316-3992. And uh, my name is Jesus. If you if you feel like you want to talk to me, I'm, I'm available. If I'm not there, usually the, the girls uh, do a great job taking messages and passing, passing them over to me. Well, thank you, Jesus, for joining us today. Uh, giving us some insight into your restaurant, into your background, and really, you know, your style of keeping simple, fresh, local, which is not always an easy thing to do, but you work hard at that, and certainly it pays off in the, in the food you produce. Thank you so thank much, you. and we hope you have an extremely busy week. Thank you. We're uh, hoping for that, and we're always doing our best. Thank you so much. Thank you. To listen to the rest of Food Farms and Chefs, tune your HD radio to 97.5 WPEN HD2 or stream live from WWDBAM.com.